This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rapp, and joining me for a very special mini-sode, the one and only Danny. Hello, everyone. Danny, I'm super excited that you're here with me today because we have two amazing guests, editors for a brand new Kickstarter that's dropped as of this episode's airing, Jason Holtzman. Hello, hello. And Logan Rogers. Howdy. Thank you both for joining me on this week's episode. Um, I'm super excited because we're here to talk to you guys about Tales from the Cloakroom Volume 2. Scott Snyder presents. It's a Kickstarter. It's live. There is a link in the show notes for everyone. But I guess before we get into things, I've got to introduce the two of you. Jason, could you tell us a little bit about yourself for the folks at home? Hello, all loyal listeners. So I'm an undergraduate at Ball State University. I just figured I just finished up my first year. I've got a media major in media promotion and management with a minor in creative writing. And the ultimate goal after public or after college is to go into publishing. So that's why I'm here working on this Kickstarter, garnering experience. Hopefully I'll be able to be an editor for comics in my future. And I had a really great experience with this and I'm looking forward to what comes next. Awesome. Awesome. Super excited to have you here. And Logan, tell the folks at home about yourself as well. Hello, uh, I'm Logan. So I am a comic book writer, artist, as well as a playwright. I'm currently in uh, undergrad, not undergrad, I'm in graduate school. The other one, the part two one, uh, I'm in graduate school at Augsburg University, getting my MFA in fiction and playwriting. I'm going into my last year as I just finished my spring semester, going into my last year this fall. And after that, I'll be done. My long-term ambition is to get my own comics imprint going where I can just sort of make my own stuff and, uh, you know, just be, be master of my own destiny as far as my artistic projects go. Awesome. Awesome. Love to hear it. I'm very excited to talk to you guys because previously we had CK Carpenter and Aubrey Lynn Jepsen on the show to talk about volume one of Tales from the Cloakroom. And that was such an amazing experience and an incredible anthology. I'm so excited to hear. I was excited to hear that you guys are doing a volume two. So I guess uh, before we get into talking all about that, I think the folks at home might want to also know a little bit what, about what kind of comics you two are into. So I guess let's dive into things. Danny, as we usually do on the show, tell us how have you been? How have comic books been? Let's just kick things off there. Mike, uh, I, I'm doing pretty well. I will say I do feel a little uh, underqualified now to be part of this podcast <laughs> after hearing our guest <laughs> credentials. Sure. Uh, because comics for me, as you know, is just a hobby. Like it is my life and it consumes every minute of it. <laughs> but I have no professional training for anything that I'm doing online. Sure. Uh, but uh, but no, I'm doing very well. I do. It's it's really weird recording things for the future, which is the it's like time traveling almost. <laughs> uh, but I, I picked something that I think it's more kind of like everlasting. So I actually started catching up on the Dragon Ball Super manga uh, chapters 88 through 92. The superheroes are born arc. I'm very excited, but this is written by Akira Toriyama, of course, with art by Toyotaro, translated by Caleb Cook, and with letters by Brandon Bovia. So this is adapting the latest superhero film that came out in theaters earlier this year, but it's going to expand on that story, which I really, really like. Uh, this is following Trunks and Goten as their teenagers, and they continue the tradition of the great Saiyaman. Uh, they are now Saiyaman X1 and X2 which I find very endearing because I really wanted to see more of both of those characters. Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel like both the anime and the manga kind of like, they're really just focusing on like Goku and Vegeta, just powering up more and more and more. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
so even even the movie, it's a really nice just look at something else because it really focuses on what's going on on Earth and it brings back the Red Ribbon Army. If you haven't seen it, uh, go check it out. I really I think all four Dragon Ball Super movies are top notch. Uh, even if you don't want to watch the anime, you should still watch the the films. Uh, and mm-hmm. yeah, I've always wished we had more Trunks and, and Goten stories. Um, so I'm very glad. I'm very glad to be reading this. Uh, of course, the villains are these like weird Halloween monsters, kind of, because mm-hmm. Akira Toriyama just loves to come back to that little trope of like any android kind of being is gonna look like like a Western Universal type of monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is really fun. Uh, but but then it, things start kind of connecting into the film, and, and we go from there. So uh, I don't know if anybody else has been reading this or has watched the film. I, I, I've been reading the manga and I love it. And I was very worried that someone on the show was going to bring it up because it would push me ever closer to buying that incredibly cool Piccolo statue that came out recently. And I just shouldn't like there's no reason for me to have it, but I really want yellow Piccolo. It looks so cool. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen the movies, but I've been loving the manga, which is I need to get out. I need to sit down and actually watch the, the movie because I, I heard that it's really good. Are, are Logan, Jason, or either of you into Dragon Ball at all? Or are oh, we just isolating God, you guys yes. completely? No, you. so I, I, my credentials are lacking in that department. Not because okay. I'm not a Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z fan, but because I was a part of that late 90s, early 2000s Toonami and Adult Swim wave where you had like Big O, you had Dragon Ball, you had Dragon Ball Z. Heck and yeah. so that was my childhood. And then I was a part of that weird oasis where... We had Dragon Ball GT for a tiny bit. It burnt out. (laughs) And then we went back and retconned GT. And I I just never got into Super because I think it came out either towards the end of high school for me or when I was starting uh, um, college. And my older sister is much more into Dragon Ball than I will ever be. Not because I'm not a fan, but just because like the way that I am about different series is the way that she is. Um, But I like Budokai was like the original, original Budokai was always on in my house as a kid. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Jason, what about you? I have very little knowledge of Dragon Ball Z. It, all of it comes from they recently had a ginormous crossover with Fortnite, and many of my friends were super excited oh, about yeah. that. So I was, <laughs> yeah, I was, dude. I was playing with them while they bought battle passes and completed challenges, and I got some Fortnite <laughs> knowledge uh, or some Dragon Ball knowledge. The only well, one thing I'm happy about, I was in Mexico in around uh, December or uh, around November during mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, and. Uh, one of those friends, he's Hispanic, and I was able to get some translations of the manga in Spanish for him. Uh, he doesn't get the chance to read a lot of books in Spanish, and he really enjoys it. So he's happy to have those. But other than that, nice. I can't say I know much about it. That's OK. That's OK. No, no judgment. I just wanted to make sure that everyone had a chance to talk about one of the greatest manga ever featuring my favorite character of all time, Vegeta. Just that's all I wanted to make sure we talked about. Yeah. You um, can't <laughs> see Mike's shirt as we're recording, oh, yeah. but he is right. wearing a Vegeta shirt. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. Christopher uh, Sabat is one of my favorite voice actors. Like oh, he's yes. on my short list of people. Like I, I, I used to do voice acting lessons a little bit, and he was on my short list of people that if I ever got to meet, I just wanted to give a hug. <laughs> well, make sure you get to come to New York City Comic Con. He was there like I think th- th- three or four years ago or something. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I guess uh, Jason, let's jump over to you. What have you been reading? How have you been? I mean, welcome to the so, show, but you know, that, that's how we do things here. 
Thank you. I mean, as always, it's like summer comes around and there's no school and I get to power through things and then school starts and my book pile just stacks up on various shelves. So I'm just now with everything slowing down and finally starting to read, like do a lot more reading. I'm nice. in between series. I started Brewbreaker and Phillips second volume of Criminal because they ran for like 10 issues and uh, there was a little bookstore in one of like the halls on my campus and all 10 issues were in there. So I just bought them all. I was like, okay. And then I'm three issues into Mark Grunewald's uh, Squadron Supreme, which if you're unfamiliar is built like literally on the back. It's like before Marvel's before Watchmen before Kingdom Come. There was Squadron Supreme. So I'm enjoying it. It's an interesting read so far. But yeah, that's what I've been reading. Oh, and then also I don't listen to audiobooks a lot. But I'm slowly becoming a fan of them as a way to read while I do like dishes and stuff like that. I've been listening to the uh, Mm -hmm. original Thrawn trilogy to catch up on my uh, Star Wars legacy knowledge. And I do love the audio because because they have sound effects and music. I love the voice acting. It's super fun. Like they're super fun. That's setting the bar at like 100 out of 10. Like you can't you can never go back to audiobooks. You can't go to podcasts after this. Like you've you've ruined yourself. I'm sorry, Jason, but that's it for you with audiobooks. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy them. Oh, totally. Quality totally. stuff. Quality yeah. stuff. I've got it in my library. Haven't listened yet. I was going to say I still need Marvel to finish adapting the Thrawn books because they only they only let Jody Hauser adapt the first one and that's the only one I've I've read. Uh, because I read it in comic book form, because I don't think I'll ever get to it in, in its current medium. Uh, <laughs> so I need Marvel to maybe, hopefully, these upcoming TV shows will let make them step it up in one more thrown out there for the people. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, well, uh, Logan, what about you? What have you been reading? How you been? Uh, I've been good. I've been, I've been busy just finishing the semester and everything. So reading, I'm actually... I'm I'm doing a bit of a childhood deep dive because the last Indiana Jones movie is coming out soon. <laughs> yeah. And so I've done a bunch of like like I have gone on like internetarchive.com and found a bunch of obscure lost Indiana Jones comics. <laughs> I ordered off of eBay the Young Indiana Jones and the Curse of the Jackal comic cuz I had okay. it one of my first comics I bought in the shop, and that's the episode, if you watched the original show way back when, all the made-for-TV movies, that's the only time Harrison Ford came back to play Indy between <laughs> Last Crusade and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And it's just literally five minutes of footage. You can watch it on YouTube. But that's why I got that issue as a kid <laughs> when I saw it on the shelf. Because I was like, it, it, it's 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 Indy! It's my guy! So... <laughs> I have since lost whichever one I had as a kid, but I've got, been on this deep dive where I like I went back, I bought the Infernal Machine video game and the Emperor's Tomb video game on Steam. I've been playing that, and that got me started on my LucasArts-like nostalgia kick, so I started playing um, Knights of the Old Republic 2 Ooh. again time in years and i am slowly sniffing down the kotor comics on the comiXology app we'll probably end up buckling and buying the omnibuses because darth revan and all of everything that happened then i'm such a weird case when it comes to like star wars nostalgia because like when a lot of people my age talk about star wars nostalgia they're like the uh the cartoon clone wars not the digital animated one but the 2d one and mm-hmm. then lead up to episode three and all the hype and for me it was all about darth revan so okay. that's what like 
early 2000s Star Wars is for me. So that's been my fun little deep dive. And the only other thing is um, Cy Spurrier has a series right now. It's already all out called Damn Them All. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a spiritual successor to John Constantine, like the run that he did there. Yeah. Different universe, different rules. I'm not trying to say like it's just the ideas he didn't get to use in Constantine, but it, it definitely feels very much like working class London magicians all trying to like solve crazy spooky cosmic problems that they somehow do and don't understand and it's just chaotic wacky satanic fun yeah yeah sicebury or top tier artist or creator for me like i have i have like behind me on my shelf here his x-men legacy runs like one of my favorite runs of all time um i i've been meaning to read that i'm glad that you reminded me that that's out because i think i have either all the issues or the collected edition or something like on my ipad i just need to actually sit down and read it and if if i didn't know what it was about i just knew that it was size spurrier so <laughs> Oh, that's exciting. If it's more spooky magic stuff, I might actually go pick up a physical copy of that because mm, I love Cy Spurrier. As soon as I finished Dan the Mall number one, I was like, oh, you wanted to write more Constantine and they just said, I let you, huh? <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yeah. I'm happy about the only person who thought that. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's awesome. Um, well, I guess for me, I read, I've been okay. I've been just hanging out and doing all sorts of funky business when this airs it will be a completely different time in my life i'm certain of it but it'll be summer it'll be summer that's that's we're gonna say um i I, but i did sit down and read a copy of this book that i've been sitting on for forever i backed it on kickstarter way way back in the day um it's called killtopia number one um there's five issues of this out it's written by a guy named dave cook uh art by craig Patton. it's cyberpunky it's robots it's killing games it's nanotech viruses it's got everything that you would want in like a cyberpunk story and you know the the patron saint of this this story seems to be everyone like worshiping this idea of these these killing games um it's it's a really interesting interesting book um i like the first issue uh the art is incredible though it it wavers from like page to page which is really weird it seemed like some of the pages were inked and some of them weren't which makes me think that maybe i have a bad digital copy or something but yeah otherwise it's an amazing book like i flew through it it's like 52 pages an issue um i i really want to get a whole collected edition of it and i don't know if they ever released that but if i can get my hands on it like this would be a really, really sick book to have on my shelf. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're into that whole genre, I know cyberpunk is pretty pretty played right now. But like, if you want to get something fresh from a creator that maybe you've never heard of with a different take on things a little bit, I think Kiltopia is really, really solid. And I really would love to have a can of Kaiju soda. That's the Kaiju Cola. That's what they have is like these, these really well-designed cans of soda that kind of just are sparingly throughout the issue of Kaiju Cola, which I'm like, that's really cool. What a cool like catchy name um but yeah that's really fun but yeah i guess let's let's move on i guess let's talk a little bit about this kickstarter jason and logan that you guys are editing um how did this whole ordeal come to be and i guess maybe we could take a step back and ask how did you both like get into comics what took you from like i love reading comics at some point in my adult life to i'm going to be editing a book now um so i guess uh, jason logan whoever wants to start let's jump right in I eventually got into comics through years of watching like TV shows and Marvel movies and stuff like that. And as far as wanting to become an editor and get into publishing, right, all those years in high school, like, what do I really want to do when I finally get out of here? I'm not quite sure. I always had an Mm -hmm. interest in writing. But uh, speaking bluntly, I have a lot of respect for writers and artists out there. I mean, writers, even other mediums today, the Writers Guild Association just went on strike, which is big news. 
time this drops. We'll see if there have been any ramifications from that or not. Um, but mm-hmm. my point to that being is like that is very much like a grind. That is a it's a very tough way of living. It's it, not that I'm adverse to work, but I was sitting there thinking to myself, like, I don't know if I want to go through that, especially with a girlfriend who will probably be a teacher. That's what she's aiming for. I'm like, I'd like something a little bit more secure. Sure. And so that's what even though publishing can be a little volatile, it means a salary job. Uh, I still get to be creative, but I also get health insurance and like a 401k or something like that. So that's how I kind of got <laughs> sure, interested. Sure, yeah. <laughs> that's how I got interested in leaning uh, having a job that's still creative and might involve some writing, uh, but is also a little bit more secure. So I lean towards editing. Um, I spent a lot of time, like my junior, senior year of high school, just reaching out to editors and artists and be like, hey, can you tell me about your job, how you got your job, this, this, and this? And it got to the point. Old. Yeah, I mean, it works. And I I don't want to make editors mad at me because their inboxes get blown up. But like, really, you email them and there's th- there's three options. They answer your questions. Cool. They don't re- or they don't respond or they say no. Oh, well, like it doesn't really it doesn't sure. affect me. Sure. Right. Like I'm just like a high schooler. So but it got to the point where not to say I knew all like the questions, but I was getting the same answers and I didn't really have like I felt like I didn't have new questions to ask. So I was like, OK, I know the bare bones. I know what's here the next step for me maybe to ask more in-depth questions with these connections is I got to get experience, right? That's the only way I know, like if I'll enjoy this moving forward, if I'll know, like it's something I really want to pursue, if it will give me more questions to ask. And that's how I ended up here. I had, I reached out to the volume one because they were at the tail end of it. And I hadn't known, but I was also still a senior in high school. So I was like, they really want like a senior in high school on their team. I don't know. By the time I reached out, they were wrapping things up. So, yeah, I kept my eyes out mm-hmm. for uh, if they do a volume two. Logan kind of beat me to the punch in terms of fishing around for people out there. I talked with Logan <laughs> and now I'm here. So awesome. No, that's awesome. That's a that's a killer story. I I applaud the 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 boldness because I you know, as a, as a high schooler, even as a college student, even as an adult, I'm like 34. I don't even have the guts to like blind email <laughs> someone something. So that's awesome, dude. Um, but Logan, what about you? How, what took you from like interested in comics to like working on comics? So I grew up in the sort of 90s weird phase of superhero comics where like everyone was at Image. And so DC and Marvel were trying to do everything that they possibly could to like try to attract like readers. So they did like the DC versus Marvel six issue crossover where there was like a box in New York city where they fell through. And then all of a sudden they made the amalgam universe, which was like the short lived dark claw, which was Wolverine and Batman as one character. And then like they merged a whole bunch of different ones. And so I was like maybe four or five when they were doing all of that and I grew up in a family of comic readers, so I was going cool. to comic shops and seeing that. Obviously, Logan and Wolverine are synchronous, so when the 2000 X-Men movie came out, it was just like... <laughs> in my head. 
And, you know, ever since then, it was just like the, there, there is a reality and that reality is the Marvel universe, um, mm-hmm. which ended up being a hot, hot topic in my family for dinner table conversation when I jumped ship and became a DC primary fan <gasps> in my teenage years. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> Crossing yeah. party lines. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh-huh. And I have stayed over in that camp ever since, though the X-Men still have my heart and I think they sure. always will. But, um, but yeah, I, when it comes to the superhero universes, I typically opt for DC a little bit more. Um, yeah, same here. We don't pick sides. We don't pick sides. Right. But (laughs) yeah, listen, Danny and I are just constantly fighting. That's all that it is. That's fine. (laughs) I don't know. They, Alan Moore has more of a catalog over there. So, you know, when I, uh, when I do my backlogs, I have all that to go to. So yeah, I uh, I just I did sort of the 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 standard what everyone does when they hit like middle school or such. They read Watchmen, they read Dark Knight Returns, Beaver Vendetta. They go down the list of Vertigo and like whatever like the the edgy like mind expanding stuff is. Sure. Consummate Doom Patrol fan and like I don't say this lightly. I think like Tom King's Mr. Miracle is like on par with like Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns as far as like how good they are as superhero comics. Totally like, agree. Yep. Yes. Yep, I think sure. that it is my favorite superhero comic I've read in so long. And it, it remains that way. Um so yeah, I just I always was a comics reader and I was also a theater kid. And then one day I was listening to a podcast where Chris Claremont was like yeah, you know, I started writing comics a little bit for for supplemental income, but I was actually a theater student. And that just, like, you know, blew my brain where I was right. like, he was an actor? What? And so, obvious, like, when you think about it, the pipeline is obvious. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. The... <laughs> nerds and nerds and nerds just yeah, love yeah. nerdy stuff. But at the time, when I was 19, it melted my brain and got me shooting off down that direction and next thing i knew i was spending a little bit more time writing comics and at the drawing board than i was in the rehearsal room gotcha. and then here we are eventually with uh tales from the cloakroom volume two awesome awesome very cool i mean if you ever met chris claremont you can tell he's got that <laughs> swagger of an actor so oh, yeah. I have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah. <laughs> that that makes that, all that stuff makes perfect sense uh, but since you bring up the theater, um, I wanted to ask you both, and uh, we can start with you, Logan. Uh, what other media do you enjoy, and, and how does that stuff factor into your work with, with Tales from the Cloakroom and the Kickstarter, or even your editing and everything you're doing? Yeah, so with theater, I actually have always thought of theater as closer to comics than film, because film is contextualized by movement, and it's a bunch of series and uh, it's a series of images in concert to create a sensation. Whereas theater is real time, real space. You're sitting there with the thing and feeling emotion presently with it. I'm not saying that like you don't have that with film also, but everything in theater is very immediate, and everything in comics is very immediate. Comics is how do you freeze motion and emotion to be active while staying absolutely frozen? Like if you if, if there are any Doctor Who fans in the house, the 50th anniversary episode where the Doctor looks at the painting of Gallifrey during the Time War, and it's like, oh, it's Time Lord art. It's a frozen slice of time in mm. a painting, and he walks towards it, and like it's literally that moment in time frozen in. A, a painting frame. And that's how I've always thought about comics is 
It is a moment of frozen time, emotion. It's and when you look at it, it gives you all of the immediacy that watching actors in real time perform drama do on stage. So I've always carried that with me. And that's the playwright in me coming over into the comics realm. Uh, yeah, I totally can see that pairing, though. That's like a perfect amalgamation of things. I mean, and if you've ever read an X-Men comic, you got the drama right there. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Jason, what about you? Um, So I'll say, I guess I'll say I'm a little bit different than Logan, in which I don't have a particular, like, other medium I'm focused on that I really carry over to my love of comics. I'll just say, I, in general, I... Since I've been young, my parents always inspired me to read and my life. And I think this is more back to, you know, telling why I wanted to be an editor. I, I've always been all about stories. It's and it doesn't matter what kind of story, you know, my shelf has like Shakespeare's Julius Caesar next to Frankenstein next to Mr. Miracle, which we just mentioned. And then I'm listening to the Thrawn audiobooks. I I'll seek out the stories. uh and song, you know, uh, rest in peace, Gordon Lightfoot. I love the wreck of Edmund Fitzgerald. There used to be a day every year, a local radio station would play that um, uh, story. Like stories are just something I love to consume of all different genres. And that does tie well in the sense that when you do an anthology, because, you know, you open it up, it's a Western, it's a horror Western, then it's a sci-fi, yeah. then it's a think piece, then it's just like a straight horror. And so it works well. And it's something I enjoy. I like looking at, you know, how how do you use the pieces you have to tell uh, you know a different story like tell a story in this way how is it similar from the ones i just read how is it different like that so <laughs> gotcha no that's super cool i mean speaking of i guess the the anthology i mean that's kind of like a perfect lead-in um the thing that i was curious about i think the first time when we talked to ck and we talked to aubrey last time they said like there was kind of a theme um for the kickstarter and this one you kind of already described the thing that i was going to bring up like the the preview that we saw it, it jumped genres i thought i was like did they pick cryptids what's what's the theme for this book um overall or is it still like very much along the same lines as the previous volume it's it is very much just along the lines of the same one. So and I think we might even have been a bit looser than the previous anthology. But in honor of our best jacket, which is Scott Snyder's imprint, it's it's some type of play on words with the names of his kids. I don't quite remember. It's just every story has to include a jacket in some way. Gotcha. Some of them like the story in the preview, which is available to all listeners. Zach's Zach's and jacket. The jacket plays a very, very like pivotal role in the story whereas there'll be other stories like yuma which is mm -hmm. also there in the preview it's just the jacket is more centered on the character design one of the key components of the character design is that yuma has a jacket on when she's doing all of her western stuff so that that's just the theme jacket's got to gotcha. be involved somehow in some way other than that tell us your best story uh, and so when I guess when it comes to editing, so you're both kind of on editor duties um, in, 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 you know, contributing, it seems like in a couple of different ways for this book. Um, what's it like, <laughs> I guess, editing so many different genres of stories and how do you like keep it all straight in your head? I guess I'll throw this over to you, Logan, first to just to see where how was what was it like and what kind of stories are you typically leaning towards? 
it wasn't so much about any one kind of genre of story we were leaning towards. Our model for it was we want to help you tell the best story. Right. Because a, a Scott Substack class, you know, it, it's it's a class. It's meant not to be perfect. It's meant to learn. And it's meant to eventually get you to a place where you have all the craft tools and the proficiency you need to publish professional comics. And it's a two-way street where, like, editorial is the same. It was... Let's get this, you know, group of creatives together and we're going to do our best. And we've been more successful than, you know, I could have any, uh, what am I trying to say? I didn't know what it was going to look like when I started because sure. when we got all together, it was like, do we want to do volume two? Do we want to do something else? Do we want to try to do a different thing? What do we want to do? And so then when we said volume two, all of a sudden <laughs> it became, oh, great. We have to follow how good the first book was <laughs> yeah. um and so the whole idea of it our, our our way of like sort of padding along the way to try to make it as much about the process of being creatives as it was to get something professional out there was that we did this series of uh editorial peer review where back in like september at the end of the month we were like hey please turn us in a pitch and turn us in the first draft of your script and then we're going to get back to you on like what we think about the pitch what we think about your first draft and we're trying to get you to get to a place where you have a story that uh works really well and feels really solid in those six pages that you have before you hand it off to your artist so then they had a month at the end of october we got draft two Draft two, we said, like, consider that your final, final draft. We'll give you review. You can go ahead and make tweaks if you want. But that's going to be the one where you should probably have something that is as close to the script you're going to hand off to your artist um, as, as, as it's going to be. And then November through, like, we, we, we got a little loosey-goosey with timelines just because Holiday always threw everyone oh, of off and, like, yeah. the art part takes forever. So for the rest of the year, November, December, a little bit of hangover to start of January was, like, that's art phase. We did do a little bit where we were, like, the first two or three weeks, send us your layouts, send us, like, your first page in progress so we can give you some notes. We don't want you to get to page five and then all of a sudden have us go, hey, the panels look a little weird over here on page two. You know, it's right, like, right. Th th these aren't people who have the, you know, the luxury of Tony Daniel to like have all the time to, to not time, I can't speak for Tony, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like, like he, he is already established. Like he yeah, knows yeah. enough to like, just sort of go there and do, and that's his job. That yeah. is his, you know, wake up in the morning until the evening. That's the job. Right. But with, some of the people that we're working with, they're like students or they work during the day and they are squeezing in their passion project when they can. And so the idea was, if we're going to budget this in, this review in, to honor your time the best that it can, because we don't want any of those bumps in the road to happen. Right. Um, right. So then we got the final comics. We did one final really quick round where it was just like, hey, can you fix the lettering here? Wording's a bit weird. Any final tweaks? We got that done by about mid-January. So the book's been the whole book's been done for like two or three months now. Okay. We got all that done, and the really hefty part on the creatives part that'll happen first. The hefty part on editorials part happened second, which is kickstarting and so on and so forth. Gotcha. Um, so the whole mission of it was recreate the the 
um, parameters of what the stories are about, but tell us your best story and we're going to do our best to help you tell your best story, whatever it is. Gotcha. Well, I, I wanted to add on that because you asked about um, how we decided, like, because we weren't necessarily looking for any type of story, but what it was like, you know, how do we evaluate different kinds of stories? And that's why I'm really thankful uh, that we did have an editorial team of three people. We have our other editor, JB, could not join us for the podcast tonight, just in the sense that even before Final Art came in, every single editor had a chance to look over the stories and some, like, they either... Uh, we had a system like every story had been read before any artist or should have been started working on their art. And that kind of creates a nice way where like maybe one story doesn't click with me or something, um, even if I'm trying to view it as objectively as I can. But Logan and JB are really hitting like what doesn't work like this is what really works for it. And it helped kind of create a nice round like evening, whereas it's not just like, oh, it's all the stories I like or all the stories Logan likes. Um, Tom Brevoort, right. I, I hope I say his name correctly. He's a senior editor at Marvel. Uh, he's got a really great uh, Substack newsletter. It's free. I recommend you read it. And it's someone asked him once, like, yeah. are there any books on the line that you feel like don't pull their weight or that you don't like? And he was like, I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, yeah, there's plenty. Yeah, there's multiple books I don't like, but that's good because if the whole line is tailored just to my taste, then the Marvel line is not healthy because I know not everybody likes what I like. And so I'm glad we had, you know, right. a lot of various creators and more than just one person on the editorial team to help um, uh, kind of work through the different types of stories that we received. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to follow up on something Mike touched on a little bit earlier. So uh, we, we read the preview for volume two. And as I was reading it, I was just writing down the, the genres of the stories and like you guys mentioned, we have a Western, a cryptid, a sci-fi story, something that feels a little more contemporary. So, like, how do you guys go on about putting those things in 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 order for when you know for your final release? Because as I read Volume One, like, I was trying to make sense a little bit of like the like how one story they don't really flow into another, but I I know there's a method to that madness. I just really can't wrap my head around it but since we have the opportunity to talk to you guys i think you could shine some light on that yeah how do you not give your readers like extreme whiplash <laughs> yeah whiplash. <laughs> that was, yeah i mean that was part of it that figuring out the order for the entire book was probably the messiest discord chat i've ever been a part of there were so many reshears <laughs> of just like a list of just 18 individual credit pages as we shifted things around and tried to get it started. I mean, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of things that goes into it. Um, I, there might be some aspects we'll keep a tad secret, but part of it is, you know, shifting around, like, right. You don't want to combine like too many similar types of stories, like in a row, stuff like that. We have Yuma first. Cause it's a, like, it starts off with a bang. And I, you know, that was part of our discussion. Like, um right mm -hmm. do we want to start off with something that's maybe slower like a think piece like you mentioned that's actually jb's story there at the very end of the preview or i was like i feel like that's a good okay. thing you know you might want to settle on versus you start off um you start off with a bang something that's a bit more action focused to like draw the reader in keep them going across the page so that's kind of how the book that that's how i view the preview at least like it starts with a bang uh, then Bigfoot versus Mothman is entertaining, but also a little bit more of a think piece. Uh, Zach's and sure. Jacket kind of picks back, so pick, 
picks back up and then it ends with like a more slower paced story that you read for you to put the book down and think about. So that's how the preview went. And then you can kind of take that and extend it to the book, uh, to the whole book. Logan might have things that I can tell you there were definitely not like fighting, but us jawing with each other, trying to decide where we wanted certain stories placed based on which ones we enjoyed. <laughs> sure. but, yeah. yeah. The, uh, it, it never got to a point where it was just like, it must be this way. It was way more just along the lines of like, <laughs> so there needs to be a slice of life story at this one. Does it belong after this story? That one? And it, 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 it would get down to just like the little like, we definitely had our own opinions of how the ebbs and flows of the book should go. Which again, to, to Jason's point, that's like, that's a sign of healthiness. Because... That's actually going to create a natural kind of tension in the book. I don't mean that in like a a negative stress, but like that's going to give a peak in a valley wave where it's like, oh, okay, there's there's thought put into why this story is here. And even if there isn't like necessarily um, a, a movement the way that an album would have it, there would still be enough of a logic to it where organically to the reader they go, okay, there's 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 a I'm doing a little bit of this while I read. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I that's super crucial. I've read I've read some anthologies that don't balance that well, and I feel almost tired by the end. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it's good to hear that you guys that was a good consideration, a big consideration as part of things. Um, I was going to ask one other question about uh, <laughs> and you feel free to not answer this. But do you have a particular favorite story out of this anthology you don't have to name names but a yes or no or maybe reasons why you might like it over others and it's okay to be selfish and logan should we should we name any Honestly, stories out loud I, or no i i'm not going to i'm not going to name names i'll say this i don't have a single favorite story and i'm not just saying that to be like i don't have a single favorite story yeah, i'm not playing favorites i legitimately mean this like there's such a wide range of talent that's in the book that like there are some stories that like the merits of which what makes it special, it should say something about the creative team behind it. And sure. there are so many stories in here where I'm like, you need to go on and tell more stories. There are other ones where I'm like, you need to take this character and make them into a series because I would buy that on the shelf every month if you did that. Yeah. So awesome. yeah, not a mm-hmm. single favorite, yeah. but there's just such a, a it's a feast. It's a I, I definitely agree with that. I think the caveat the caveat I'd have is not saying any story isn't up to par, but we have so many great stories that are good at different things. And so, like, if you ask me, you know, what's your favorite, like, action story? I could probably pinpoint two for you. Or, like, what's your favorite story that does this or does sure, this? Sure. I, could, I could tell you which story and then, you know, give you a speech on why I believe it accomplishes those things. So I'm really happy with how a lot of them came out as uh, really proud of the work all the creators did. Yeah, that's, that's great. I, I, of course it's, it's the worst question in the world for me to ask you guys, but I just wanted to get, I just wanted to hear what you had to say about the whole book. That's really what yeah. it was. <laughs> Mike, I like that Mike wanted to like kind of start right, wrapping things up with like, pick your favorite child, please. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Because that's, this is just a, a labor for you guys. Yeah. Well, I was going to say on that note, one thing I've been very appreciative of is when you're because I mean, our, we navigate this through a discord server and it's got like 70 plus people in it. And in that vein, I'm so thankful for our creators and the other editorial team and that I'll knock on wood. 
there, there haven't been any problems. Like there really hasn't been a ton of drama or like people getting upset at each other. Like all those things that you're like, oh, you know, like we're managing, like there's a lot of people here. What do we do if someone gets really upset with someone else or, you know, someone causes problems with someone else? So far, that hasn't happened. Maybe I shouldn't say that out loud, but I think that's a testament to all the people working on the book. Everyone's very motivated to see it be successful, to get it put together, you know, stuff like that. So it, it's been nice in that regard. Very cool. That's great. Um, one last thing I did want to mention. So I, I wanted to talk a little bit. The, the cover for this this uh, volume two, uh, and I hopefully I'm pronouncing this right, Nayara Rodriguez is the artist for the cover. Uh it is very cool. Like Jesse Lonergan and Skylar Patrick set the bar pretty high for the for the first volume. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when it comes to the cover, and I can't wait. Like in the future, when this is out and and we are actually looking at the Kickstarter, uh, I can't wait to see what else is out there for for some of those things. But I really wanted to shout that out because I think you know doing a cover for an anthology is it, it feels like it's a really tough job to encapsulate so much into just one image. Um, I don't know if you guys have any insight into the the, the process for the artist uh, or any, you know, what, what's kind of, what the assignment is kind of for that. Yeah. So what we did with it and JB is the one who really is, should be, uh, we should tip the hat to JB for finding Nye um, and then presented some of the pieces to us. And we just sat with the first volumes cover and it was like the whole idea is that it's inviting you in in a sense like there's the jacket we have that motif of an image but then there's a portal into it that's like come into the jacket yeah but then we were like how do we expand that and then the idea that we came up with was it's a cloakroom it could be you know like here's a closet it's open there's a portal into it very (laughs) narnia-esque that's what i was gonna uh, say yeah yeah So when we were looking for artists, um, JB was the one who pitched Nye, and it just wound up knocking it out of the park. When we actually revealed the cover to people in the Discord server, they were all going bonkers. And like, I think the highest like compliment that that cover can be paid was that when I went to say hi to Scott for the first time at C2E2 to drop the preview issues off that we handed out at his table, he looked at, a, he looked at one of them that he took for himself saw the cover and i audibly heard him go whoa like looking at it like scott oh, snyder that's had so cool. like literally his eyes popped a little bit looking at it and i saw that happen in real time so i was like that <laughs> that is the highest compliment that i think nye can be paid for that cover definitely a little bit more maybe i can be boring here with the details but on the technical side our philosophy was as much as we wanted to keep work of the book in house. And so like, that's how we got Nye attached for that first cover because she was in like the discord. She was associated with JB. We just, we just made our selection for a variant cover, but by this time, those on the Kickstarter might've seen, or you like, you'll you guys will see it now. Uh, so I, that was another theory, right? Cause the goal is right. You guys are all part of the class. We're part of the class or associated with the class together. We want everybody to show off, you know, their work, their versatility as much as they can. And so that's that's where we ended up with Nye coming from. We have a, again, the variant should be revealed by now. I can't, I I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. I'm not sure. It's it's deep in our Kickstarter that we're about to get ready for the pre-launch page. So it'll be available soon. But yeah, that's where, that's where they came from. They came from people involved in the Discord in the class. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, I guess to to wrap things up here, uh, I, I'm very excited for this Kickstarter. Um, this the first volume was was a banger, and what we've seen so far is has knocked my socks off. Honestly, everyone, go check out that preview because it looks incredible, and I'm excited to see what else is going to be in this book. Um, for folks at home who want to check you guys out online or find more stuff about the inf- or the Kickstarter, I guess where can you direct them here? And I'll, again, I'll have all these links in the show notes as well. At Cloakroom Comics on the Instagram and the Twitter. And then there's a link tree on both those socials that goes to the website where we have our Substack newsletter, have the Kickstarter, have the preview you can look at. Um, and then I personally am at L Writer, W R I T E R, uh, Rogers on Twitter. If you want to follow me for any reason, I'll say I'm Jason Holtzman4 on. I'm Jason Holtzman4 on Twitter. I can't speak to my Instagram username at the moment, but I don't use it a ton. I believe my last post was a screenshot of a conversation with my girlfriend telling me I should post so my followers know that I'm still alive. So uh, I I will be using it more. Soon it will become populated with advertisements and up and running again for the Kickstarter. Cool. Very cool. We'll we'll make sure to have links to all that stuff in the show notes. Um, Go ahead, Danny. I was just going to say, for anyone that is supporting the Kickstarter, uh, don't be a bad backer like me. Make sure to fill out your surveys once everything's done because it makes everyone's <laughs> job a lot easier. I'm very sorry, CK. Thank you for reaching out to me directly for Volume 1. Uh, so please make sure to, if you back, you know, when you back this Kickstarter, yeah. fill out your surveys, check, out, check your emails, check your Kickstarter. Uh, there's a lot of people working pretty hard to fulfill all this stuff. Uh, so yeah, but I'm very excited for volume two. Uh, so good luck to everyone and go check it out. Yeah, Logan, Jason, I'll make sure to give you Danny's personal email so that you can track him down when okay. if things go awry. Uh, but I guess to <laughs> to wrap things up for us, uh, you can always follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Discord. We got links to all that stuff in the show notes. We've got our Goodreads group uh, with our book of the month. Uh, we've got our YouTube channel that is just nonstop, constant content all the time. Thanks to our good friend Danny here. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast, where you can get access to our Saga of Saga read-along series. You can get access to Giant Days of Our Lives, our Giant Days read-along series, Mike and Paul read Doom Patrol, IRCB Movie Club, and so much more. Uh, Mike's X-Men Blind Box, which is the most ridiculous, insane one-off show that we did and apparently people love it so go check that out uh infinity shred is the best band in the universe they do all of our music xander is there to catch you when you fall in your dreams i want to say thank you to jason and logan for being on this episode thank you to danny and thank you to all of you out there listening if you got this far in the episode you're a fantastic human being thank you so much until next time though comics are good and so are you you